You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I am joined by one and one only. That is the Patrick Sheldon. You can find him on Twitter at P underscore Shells. You can read him on DeWinnie City as part of the Fan Sided Network. Dude, we kicked the rest of the guys off. Shells, how are you, buddy? Ah, but Dangle. That is me celebrating uh, just the two of us. Uh, I love those guys, but um, you know, bears talk with dangle and shells just has a nice little ring to it. Doesn't it? It really, really does. So folks, the, the whole Genesis of this was guys were talking about how they were having their fantasy draft and shells. And I, we disagree more than anybody else in the podcast. And so we thought how much fun it would be to answer some listener questions and argue all along through, through the whole process. So I'm ready, Shells. How about you? I can't wait. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks now. So I'm really excited. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. So uh, some good stuff. So just going to go through just the other guys. Uh, Bear Down Jack at Bear Down Jack. If you want to get our good buddy Jack Wright, he will be back next week. Looking forward to that one. Logan Bradley, you can hit him at Bear Down Bradley. And of course, that assistant editor of Bears Wire, Brendan Shagru, at Brendan Shagru. That's S U G R U E. You can get those guys at any time that you want. Hey, Bears fans, uh, are you thinking about buying or selling a house in the Chicagoland area? If you are, there's one person and one person only to call, and that's Jeff Cadwallader with App Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And it's not about paying the highest price either. Contact Jeff today to learn more. You can visit him at GenevaJeff.com or call or text him at 630-254-4734. Folks, this is going to work out perfectly because we're going to get a chance to talk with Will the Barber. I've said it a million times. He gives great fantasy advice. He cuts my hair in such a fantastic way. Every time I I walk out of the shop, I'm just like, man, how does this guy freaking do it? And he's going to make you laugh throughout the entire process. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years. They've got six barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Book your appointment online or by phone at your convenience. Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or give them a call at 630-668-0137. Book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right. So we are set for week one, Ryan, and we have got our 53-ish man roster. I think it's final, uh, <laughs> but you never know. You never know with this uh, front office. Any thoughts on the final roster? Were there some, some surprises or did this go according to how you thought it would? 
I think Ryan Poles realizes this is a roster that needed to be turned over, heavily turned over. And, you know, as much optimism as I think we have, and we say that, I think we've all prefaced that very well in this podcast, is that our optimism is not that this team is going to win the Super Bowl. Our optimism is that this team is not going to be the worst team in the NFL. And, uh, you know, he's taken a pretty bad roster and he started to turn it over. Uh, You know, I think... You know, the reason why he was so active after, you know, the last preseason game is because he knows that this roster is kind of missing some talent. What do you kind of take on that, Shells? Yeah, it's funny. You know, I, I, I don't think folks can have it both ways. You know, you, you can you can sort of badmouth the talent on the roster in one breath and then he goes and he makes changes to turn it over. And then people complain that he's turning over the roster too much. It's like, well, <laughs> which is it? Right. Um I thought a couple other interesting takeaways from the final roster. One, it didn't seem like anybody from the Bears that were cut ended up uh, hooking up with another 53-man roster. So, uh, you know, kind of supports the, the idea that maybe they made the right decision in terms of their cuts. Um, the only one that was kind of a surprise to me, and I get he's not a scheme fit, and I just really liked the way he played, was Tonga. Uh, I don't know. He just picked up with the practice squad on the uh, – the Chilanta Bearcons is that is that what you grew? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, man. But he was the only one I was kind of like a little disappointed to lose because I just think he's a talented kid. I get it; he doesn't really fit the scheme, but hoping he uh, he takes off there in Atlanta. Yeah, it's, I, I agree with you. I think that one's kind of a bummer because I think he's he's a he's a very talented guy. Um, you know, we'll kind of see what what happens. The one that surprised me the most was, and I'm going to butcher this kid's Tonjus. Uh, the the like he's a fullback and he's also a tight end. I wanted James O'Shaughnessy to to make the roster. I understand it was an injury designation, but he's a dude that he played at my old high school. We got a chance to talk to his high school football coach. Um, and so all of that was, it was, it was really cool. And I was really hoping for him to make the team. You know, it wasn't like Rodney Adams last season where I was like, <laughs> come on guys, what are we doing here? You know, there, I, this was not a, it's not a great roster. And I think it's better now that they've, you know, had all these waiver pickups. Uh, and so we've got that going for us, but I still, you know, I don't, I don't see this team winning the Super Bowl. No, no, but I, I like the picks, right? Like I, I like the guys they grabbed off the waiver wire. I mean, they're, they're lottery ticket guys. They're, you know, potential, uh, high reward guys, low risk. I mean, what, what do you have to lose by taking a shot on a few of them? Um, you know, especially Watts. I mean, it, it sounded like the Vikings fans were a little bit bummed that he was even released in the first place. And now he goes to a uh, NFC North competitor. He's going to be extra motivated this season, I'd imagine. So uh, I, they had a couple other guys, I think, that um, had multiple teams put on claims or, or putting claims for them. So it seems like they were targeting the popular uh, the popular folks on the waiver wire. So, you know, it kind of fits uh, Poles' profile and, and the kind of players he's trying to bring in this year. And um, we'll see what happens. You know, him as well as, and I'm going to butcher this name. So, you know, eventually I'll learn it. Emir Smith Marset, uh, who's now wearing number 17 for the Bears at wide receiver. Uh, my Vikings guys were like, 
dude, you are going to love this guy. He's got Velcro for hands and he's just in a really crowded wide receiver room. And then I don't know if you look back to see he toasted the bears the last yeah. time played. And so, you know what? I was, I was kind of like, all right, cool. Poles is set in those offensive linemen. I get it. You got to build outward from the line, but like give Justin Fields some playmakers and, He's got some guys that I don't, you know, no world beaters, but at least it's better than it was before. Yeah. One or two of those guys make some meaningful contributions this year. It was a success, Um, you know, and, and not to transition, but speaking of some of his weapons, it sounds like they got all their guys back at practice this week, which I know will make you happy because you've been ringing the injury bell for quite some time, but sounds like they're all back to health. Yeah, I, that, I think that's what you get when you get a very physical coach like Eberflus is. And there, there's there's certain things about him that, I, that I've already told you that I, I really respect. The guys seem to know what is expected out of them. They know where they're supposed to be. They know what they're supposed to be doing. And so I really like that about him. But, you know, there's been a lot of injuries. The big one for me is Lucas Patrick. And, you know, the fact that he's practicing is one thing, but is he going to have a club on that hand? So question that I'm going to ask you just really quick, and because our guest is going to be here really, really soon. Um, if he's got to wear a club, how would you feel about having white hair move into center and having Lucas move there? Or do you have Sam Mustafer? No. Yeah. So I, I heard the report today that they're talking about a couple different configurations. Should Lucas Patrick come back if they have to move him to guard because of the club? I think you got to move white hair to center. I know that center quarterback exchange hasn't been practiced much with him, but you, you got to go with your best five and Mustafer is not one of the best five. So if they do have to move Patrick to guard, I would like to see them move white hair to center and roll with, um, you know, stick Jenkins, you know, keep him at the right guard spot. Um, but we'll see, Matt. Maybe that maybe there is no club. Maybe he's the starting center in week one, which would be tremendous. Man, that would be crazy. The only dude not to practice today was Dominique Robinson, the pick out of Miami of Ohio, pass rusher, situational pass rusher at that. So, all right. So, Shells, I'm stoked about this. You get to meet him because uh, Jack and I talk about him all the time. Our guy, Will Plumley from Sheridan's Barbershop. Located in historic downtown, it's so hard not to say that, right? That every time I talk to Will, right? Historic downtown, Wheaton, Illinois. It's just got such a nice ring to it. Um, Will is a wonderful dude. He is also a new dad. So we've got to give him huge congratulations on that. Congrats. And he's also, he's, he's my fantasy guy. When I got fantasy questions, I, 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 t- I sit in Will's chair and I talk fantasy. Will Plumley, welcome to the Bear Down Chicago podcast. What's going on, boys? I appreciate you guys having me on today. Well, dude, we're, we're stoked to talk with you. So, okay, first of all, how'd you get into being a barber? I know the story, but I want other people to hear it. And how'd you get into Sheridan's all that jazz? Oh, uh, well, I mean, the long story, the shortest version I can give you is I was in, you know, restaurant, you know, management. I was doing multi-unit management stuff. Jimmy John's to be specific. I was a franchise uh, director of operations. Uh, from there, really, I just walked into the barbershop. My best friend, he owned it for eight, nine years. I sat in his chair, told him I was quitting and I was going to move on to something else. And he convinced me that barbering was a good, you know, start for me, you know, new beginning for me. And, you know, long story short, here I am. And it was one of the best moves I ever made. At 30 years old, I decided that, you know, F it, I'm going to try something completely different, knew nothing about it. Just knew that if I put my you know mind to it, put hard work into it and, you know, have my buddy guiding me along the way, I knew it would work out. So 
That's how we can barb actually. And you're the freaking best at it. Like I, I, <laughs> I know, I know I feel bad saying this, the owner, he's a wonderful guy. And, and if, you know, you were on a long hiatus, I would let him come. But otherwise like, well, I'm only going to you, dude. Well, I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it. And you know, he taught me everything. So it's funny. I probably made half my uh, clientele base from him just stealing all his customers. So <laughs> <laughs> all right, you people with hair enough, enough, enough with the <laughs> barber talk. Hey, you got a nice beard there, Shells. I can do something. I, you know, I will. I grew this out just for this episode. I knew you were coming on, and guys give me a hard time. They go, "Listen, he does more than just hair." So if I were in the uh, historic downtown Wheaton area, I would come in for a trim for sure. Just pop in, man, pop in. But you got to make an appointment. We're super busy all the time, so popping in. I might be able to fit you in just with a beard, but everybody else out there needs to make an appointment for sure. Absolutely, SheridansBarbershop.com. Make that appointment. It is so freaking easy to do. Okay, so dude, talk to us. Your thoughts on the Bears, right? Like, I mean, we're we're reading stuff on Twitter, and it's it's the wild west out there, man. Lions fans talking lots of smack about how they're going to win nine or 10 games and the bears are going to win three games. You know, then we have some, some bears fans thinking that we're going to go to the super bowl. Where do you kind of sit with all this? Will? I mean, honestly, I'm as a fan, I'm a little indifferent, meaning like, I don't know what to expect. I mean, over the last, what, 15, 16, 17 years, like, I mean, ever since the super bowl, it's been a rough ride. We've had what Tressman, you know, Fox, Good Lord. I mean, everything along the way has been pretty bad. I mean, so the expectations are very low. I don't think we're going to have four wins. I'd say maybe in the six range. But I mean, as a fan, it's kind of hard. I'm kind of just sitting back like, ah, whatever. I'm going to watch. I'm going to look forward to the games. But I think the first few weeks of the season is really going to dictate how much I care about this team moving forward. Yeah, so I think that's kind of about the over-under that most folks have set for the Bears' win total this year, maybe six uh, to seven being their ceiling, according to some. Do you think there's a chance that they surprise to the upside or even disappoint to the downside? Like, could you see this season going going way better than expected or a lot worse than expected, or do you think they're going to kind of hit that over-under on the nose? I mean, it's going to be close. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we win – eight, nine games, but I don't think it's going to be any better than like mediocre and and mediocrity is what we've been living in for almost two decades. I would say it's hard to see if they would lose, you know, 13, 14 games. I don't see that happening. I see mediocrity. I almost want them to tank like at this point, like just tank or just lose. I mean, keep Justin Fields upright, keep people healthy, but what's the point of going eight and nine or nine and eight? I mean, you might not win the division. I mean, probably not going to win the division. I mean, let's let's be honest. The Vikings look awesome. You can't count on Aaron Rodgers and Detroit. Although you know they've been bad historically. I mean, I'm I'm kind of pulling for Detroit a little bit. You know, I, as like a, as a backup. You know, like I love the Bears, always will. But Detroit, it's kind of fun to watch them. That um, hard knocks is kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I I have a hard time seeing this team win two or three games like some are expecting. I could see them surprising and winning a few more than they should, but I just don't see them being the worst team in the league. Um, So Dangle kind of alluded to it. You are uh, his fantasy guy. Uh, I'm assuming, Dangle, you meant football. I'm going to hope you meant football. (laughs) But uh, There it is. There it is. I'm good for one an episode. You know that. I don't know how guys do baseball fantasy. That's incredibly complex, incredibly... Jack does it. And, and Sue's just yeah. like every day of the week, man. Like, I don't, how, it's how? too much. It's too much of a commitment. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm on it all the time as far as football and they got to be on it 10 times harder. And I mean, I make mistakes all the time. I mean, I'm not perfect, but I always have a system that seems to work. And and I'll get into that in a second. Um, So, you know, we talked before about, you know, it's pretty late in the drafting season. We've probably got a couple more days left of people drafting. So I'm going to talk specifically about like what I do post-draft. It's pretty simple. I got like four main points. It's not overly complex. One thing that's helped me in the past, number one, watch the waiver wire every single time you can. Gold is always waiting out there. Um, I'll give you three examples of what I found on the waiver wire over the last few years. Alvin Kamara, James Robinson, and ah, Justin ah. Jefferson. Those three alone I found on the waiver. Now, granted, I'm in a 10-man PPR league. You have a lot more options out there. Like, you go 12, 14 men, those guys are probably picked up. But that being said, you got to watch. you got to pay attention to the games, you know, other things like that. you got to just keep your eye, you know, eye on the track, you know, or eye on the, eye on the prize, excuse me. That's, I'd say that number one, you watch the waiver. And not only that, can you find good players out there? You can pay attention to what everyone else is doing. And I picked up good players. Like last year, I picked up um, Jalen Hurts. Uh, one of the guys on our team decided that um, Mac, uh, Mac Jones, he thought he was going to be an amazing quarterback. So he dropped Jalen. And I was like, oh, God. I was like, perfect. I dropped my kicker and I picked him up immediately. I don't think I played a kicker week one just to keep him. Um, second big thing, second big thing. Watch the injury reports because there's a lot of times where, you know, you might pick up a handcuff like Alexander Madison, Dontrell Hillard, you know, from the Titans. Always watch the injury report because there's so many opportunities that these backups may have and it can happen overnight. It could happen at a practice. It could happen after a game. It can happen during the game. If you're not paying attention at all, you're going to miss that. You're going to miss a little um, opportunity there with the, with the guys, the backups, you know, the handcuffs, if you will. Um, number three. I hate trades. I don't do them. I suggest, I always put that out there. Don't do trades because someone's always losing. And it's usually the guy who's accepting the trade, not the guy giving the trade. So if you think like for one second, anybody's trying to give you something good, forget it. Just ride your team out, figure it out. Go to the injury, you know, check out the injury reports, ride the waiver wire. Do not make a trade unless for some God awful reason, someone thinks they're actually, you know, if it's completely cited to you, that's never going to really happen. So I would say stay away from them. Stay away from trades. They're terrible. No one wins. Only one guy wins. In the trade. <laughs> Usually not the guy accepting, like I said. Um, and last but not least, if you pick up a handcuff and you have space on your waiver wire, get rid of your defenses, your kickers, like draft and stream those like daily. Because here's the thing. If you don't have a Justin Tucker, if you don't have a Bill's defense, a lot of the success you're going to see is based on matchups. I mean, the Bears play the, you know, Detroit Lions. They probably are going to be pretty high on the defensive, you know, rating there. But if the Bears are playing like Kansas City, drop them immediately in case in point. So, I mean, top four, like I said, watch the waiver wire, watch injury reports. Do not do any trades and pick up a, you know, drop. If you can pick up a handcuff, pick up someone that's going to be useful. Drop your defenses, stream those as, as fast as you can. Some really good advice, Will. Okay, so I got one for you. DeAndre Hopkins sitting with a six game suspension this season is sitting available right now. Do I try to store him for when he becomes available or do I try to kick the can down the road? Just cause man, that's, that's, that's a, that's a tough, like, you know, carrot that's just kind of hanging there right now. So you've drafted and he's still sitting, he's he's sitting on the waiver undrafted. Cause he's he's got a six game suspension so that, you know, nobody, nobody's picking him up immediately. If you can, I mean, if you've got the space and you're not dropping anything that's going to help you over the next six weeks, I'd say pick them up. 
I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You know, a- after week six, you use him and he's great. You know, if your team's struggling that bad and you don't want to pick him up, I mean, it's a trade-off. It really is a trade-off. I mean, last year I got burned, or excuse me, two years ago I got burned by Michael Thomas, awesome receiver. Year before I had him, 147 receptions, whatever. Came down, was hurt like half the season. I hung on to him. I should have let him go. But he got hurt, and I just hung on to him, hoping he'd come back, and then it burned me in the playoffs because I was just waiting for him. And then I put him in the playoffs. He got like eight receptions, 12 points or something for me. It burned me. But it's a risk-reward. It's all risk-reward. You know, I mean – my whole philosophy is 50, 50, meaning 50% is everything you put into it. And the other 50% is pure luck. Put yourself in a position to be lucky. You know, I guess, what do they say? What's that good old saying? Like luck is hard work meeting the right timing or something like that. What did, uh, I I think it's luck is, uh, hard work meets opportunity. Thank you. Like that. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I think, I don't know. I'm not going to, you nailed it. You nailed it. Hey, well, I want to ask your your uh, strategy on handcuffs because I had a I was doing a draft today and I had an interesting scenario. Are you do you prefer to pick a handcuff for your own running back or maybe an opponent's running back? So I had uh, I have David Montgomery and I had a ch- a choice of Khalil Herbert as my own handcuff or Alexander Madison uh, and somebody else had Dalvin Cook. So what what do you oh, like to do? Love um, let's be honest, who has the bigger upside? If, if the main back gets hurt, who has a bigger upside? I'd say Madison. And not only that, you're kind of effing somebody who's got, who's got uh, Madison, you know, or uh, excuse me, uh, Delvin Cook. So I would say, I mean, it, it's pick your poison. I yeah. would say if you, if you have Montgomery, I would say diversify. Don't have two people from the same team. I usually don't like doing that, especially like running backs, wide receiver combos. Terrible. Like running back, running back combos, not bad. But if you're going to do it, I'd say uh, Madison has way higher upside. And Cook is always hurt. He's hurt yeah. all the time. Every <laughs> single season, he's always hurt, man. Yep. He'll have like a 200-yard game, get two touchdowns, and then he's hurt for two weeks. Yep. And Madison's a beast. I mean, he's yeah. like – I mean, if you can replicate Dalvin Cook, that's it. I'd say go – I'd heavily lean toward Madison for sure in that kind of situation. Good. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> all right and then so, hopefully that week that he's hurt you're playing against that guy and you're putting madison and that's that's uh, nothing feels better than that right well, well sure. we got a big question so again just about everybody listening to this has already had their draft what's a name that you should be looking for in the waiver wire maybe a name that that isn't as well known that that just like hey maybe i'm not picking him up right now but like I'm going to keep my eye on this guy. And if I've got an injury or something along those lines, I can maybe snatch this dude up. Maybe going to be something, maybe, you know, not as well known. For sure. So I got, I got a couple of names I'm going to throw out there. So in my draft, only 10 man league, there was a bunch of these guys still left out there or they're chosen in like the 13th, 14th round. Um, Brees Hall. I mean, these are not names that nobody's heard before, but Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Drake, London, Rashad White. Uh, two running backs, two wide receivers. Now they're all, they recently been drafted. They're great prospects. And if somebody gets hurt, they have a great opportunity. So Brees Hall is from the Jets. Kenneth Walker is a Seahawk. Drake London is from the Falcons. And Rashad White is from the Bucks. All have great opportunities, especially if the main backs get hurt or the main wide receivers get hurt. They have a great chance. The only backside or the, excuse me, the downside is like Drake London is on the Falcons. 
Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's that's gonna be a bad football team. I'd be Kenneth willing to Walker, bet a lot of money. Seahawks. <sighs> that's like a dynasty, like stash, like a keeper league. Kenneth Walker, I would totally pick him up. Brees Hall again, kind of a dynasty. You know, you know, keep him league, keep, uh, keeper league. Probably gonna be have a decent season, but not something you're gonna be like, oh, this is amazing. You saved my season. You brought me to the playoffs or whatever. One, I'll tell some uh, two names that I thought about today that I saw in my draft that actually still were on the, and I'm going to probably pick him up on the waiver. Um, Dontrell Hillard, surprisingly, nobody picked him up handcuffed to, you know, the big man up in tight down in um, Tennessee. Also JD McKissick. I think he is going to kind of have a great year this year. He's got a different quarterback and he's a great pass catching back. He's inconsistent as hell, but if you can get him and you can flex him on a week that you need him, I think that would be pretty good. So Dontrell Hillard, J.D. McKissick, if you can pick them up, I think those are great, great picks. And like I said, Dontrell Hillard, big pickup, I think, this year because Derrick Henry, multiple, almost 2,000-yard seasons. He just had surgery last year. He's going to be less than a year off that foot surgery. For a guy that runs as hard as he does and as big as he is, I'd say they're going to mix in Dontrell Hillard a lot this year. And if you watched him at the end of last year, Dontrell Hillard was a beast. He was averaging almost six yards a carry. Towards the end of the season, he was a beast. He had like 47 to 50 some odd, you know, carries in those last few games. And he was averaging six yards. So, like I said, Dontrell Hillard, J.D. McKissick, those are my well-known names that I think are sleepers that aren't getting picked up this year. So I legitimately just wrote, I legitimately just wrote down that last name. So let's go. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Will. Okay. So you are not on Twitter, but you are at Sheridan's Barbershop. So for some reason, if there, these people are listening, they need to go to Sheridan's Barbershop. If you know they haven't heard the ad at the beginning, they need to go and they need to sit in your chair. You can talk fantasy. You can talk cars. You talk life, dadum. Like, congrats again on that one, dude. I'm a little mad at you because I know that your son <laughs> sleeps and I am not cool with that because my kid did not do that. Yeah, my, I'm, I'm very lucky. And, you know, one day it regress. I mean, one day I'll call you and let you know that you know, I'm not sleeping. So it'll come. It'll come. It's just when. It's just when. Absolutely. All right. Well, Will Plumley, thanks for being uh, a, being a guest on the Bear Down Chicago podcast. It's a it's a pleasure. And I'm very proud that you guys, you know, allowed me to be here. Thank you so much. And hope to see you in a few weeks, buddy. Absolutely. So, Shells, I'm stoked. You finally got to meet the Will the Barber from Sheridan's. He's an awesome dude, isn't he? He is. Yeah. And he did make me feel self-conscious for not having hair. So he already <laughs> is a winner in my book, but no, it was awesome. It was awesome. Finally getting to meet Will and talk to him. So uh, yeah, definitely go in and check out Sheridan's if you guys have a chance for sure. I don't know how many people walk in and hug their barber. Like every time I get a haircut, like that, that's like every single time. I love that dude. And he's like, you really helped me out last season. I was tanking in one of my leagues. I legitimately like made it to the very last spot in the playoffs. Thank you, Will, for, for helping me out with that big time. All right. So shells, we have so many listener questions. It is ridiculous. We got to get to a lot of them, but hopefully this shouldn't be too, too long because it's just the two of us. Um, I, I hate to say this, but I think we might agree on some of these. Man, what a what a absolute spoiler for our <laughs> listeners who thought we were going to have like a death royale. 
All right. Yes. Well, well, you know, who knows, man? It might be the strangest of places. All right. So friend of the pod, friend of mine from high school, he asked a ton of questions, but I'm going to hit us with three really quick ones. Best place to watch a Bears game, Shells. Oh, uh, I just had, we just had our, our, we had a screened in porch and we just had it enclosed and put some heating and cooling in there and did it up nice. Got the nice Sony TV surround sound, uh, sound bar and everything. So that is currently the best place to watch bears game. I, it's fun to go to a game every once in a while, but I am like a living room in my recliner, uh, you know, mini fridge full of beer kind of guy. Dude, I, I, okay, stop agreeing with me. Mine is my backyard. Uh, I have a, a PA system that I set up out there. I have two TVs. It's sitting out on my back deck, which I'll, I'll post it on Instagram at some point to see the setup that we have. It's ridiculous. There's something about watching a Bears game in a comfortable spot while you're somewhat outside, but you're not at the game because those seats are not comfortable. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't also want people to see me react to a bears game. Like it's somewhat <laughs> embarrassing how I behave during a bears game. And so if I can do it from home without anybody saying that's a plus. So my mom is moving into town. So we're going to have grandma to babysit, but it doesn't happen for the first two weeks of the season. So I'm gonna have to like, cause my wife works overnight. So Sundays, like I don't dude, I don't want to hear like have my daughter like her first words be the things that I say while I'm watching Bears games because <laughs> that's not good. That's not good. That's not good at all. All right. So Le- Levi's second question is a really, really, really good one. It's uh, if you're placing bets, who would you bet to let us down, and who would you bet to surprise us in a good way? So let us down only because he's done it. Uh, almost the last couple of years, Eddie Jackson. I'm just, until I see him uh, play at a high level, uh, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to assume 2018 was the standard. I'm going to assume that was an aberration. And so um, I'm going to, I'm going to assume that he's going to let us down, but I hope I'm wrong. And I got a feeling maybe I am. I, I it, look at, if he can't do it in this defense, he's never going to do it. So um and then who's going to surprise us to the upside? I think, I think Dante Pettis is going to be better than people think. I think he's going to be a nice option um, for fields this year. And I think a guy that some people thought maybe wouldn't even make the 53 man roster um, is going to surprise and have a pretty decent year. You are not going to like my first answer. I think the one that's going to let us down is going to be Justin Fields. And I don't mean that he's going to be bad. That's not what I'm saying. I just, Bears fans have him so hyped right now that if he doesn't have, you know, 17 games where he looks like he did in the first half of the preseason Cleveland game, you know, like the the whole sky is going to fall down. I just, they have him. And, and you know what? The thing is, Justin Fields has some really good stuff, but he still holds on to the football too long. It's better than it was last year, but it, he's prone to turning the ball over. He had a lot of those last season. And I just think that Bears fans, our expectations are so, so high. And, you know, the one that might surprise us a little bit, I think I'm hoping is Travis Gibson. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know. I just with Robert Quinn, if he has half the season that he has last year, it's going to move pressure to, you know, to one side, the offense is going to be trying to, you know, double team him. And then maybe that gives Travis Gibson some, some shots. This last one is my, my favorite one um, from Levi. And this was just a really, really, really good question. At the end of the season, I want to look back and be like, okay, I can live with that. What does that look like? 
Dang, that's a good question. It is a good question. It's it's hard to quantify or put a number on. I think it's it goes back a little bit to what you just said, which is like we need to see steady growth from Justin Field. And that's that's not gonna be, you know, linear. It's not gonna be a, a straight trajectory up all season. Um, but you can't you also can't say like this is what it looks like. It's this many yards and this many touchdowns and this many interceptions. I mean, that's great, but like that isn't the be all end all. He can have a good season and not put up astronomical numbers, but if you see the growth from him and you go into next year, knowing he's the future at quarterback, that's what, that's the season I could live with regardless of the outcome, win loss record, whatever stats, throw all that out the window. If you go into next year going, damn, Justin Fields is our quarterback for the future. That's all I'm looking for. We, we haven't had that. I mean, you kind of sort of had that with Jay Cutler. You knew he was going to be the starter, but, but if you have a guy that you know is going to be him, I, okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to put a number on it. I want to say like, you know, 3,500, maybe 4,000 yards passing. Bears have never had it. Never. Like they're the only franchise that's never had it. And to have him do that, I don't know if he's going to do it in his sophomore season, you know, especially because he loves to run the ball and he's so damn good at it. Um, but it sure would be nice to have a 4,000 yard passer at some point in our franchise history. And we got an extra game to do it. <laughs> Come on guys. Oh man. Uh, so Levi, thank you for uh, texting me those questions. Those were some really, really good ones. Okay. From our good, good friend, TJ Brooks. He's got two of them as well. So question one, would you rather change 1000 dirty diapers that are complete nuclear meltdowns or be puked on a hundred times at the most random times by your little one? And since we both have little ones, this question is so appropriate. This this was not a difficult one for me. Um, I would change the million di- nuclear diapers all day over getting thrown up on. I, you know, if, if you don't have kids or you didn't go to college and drink uh, and have never <laughs> been thrown up on, um, I could see maybe you saying getting thrown up on, but getting thrown up on is is like the worst. Like I still, I still remember um, when my oldest started eating solid foods for the first time and I was putting them to sleep and I was rocking them and uh, it, it all came up and oh, like, oh. If, yeah, formula vomit is one thing like solid food, baby nope. vomit with formula and cereal and other stuff is just, it's the worst. Um, and then you got to change them while you're covered in vomit and it's no and it just you smell you smell it like constantly so we okay we we got our our first dog from a place and they basically said hey you know we're gonna give you like a a a four-day grace period you know if if health doesn't work out or something like that day five he puked 36 times we thought he was gonna die we took him to the vet it was like they had him on an iv it was awful it was terrible and the store was like sorry there's nothing we can do and so i just remember my wife like as we're headed to like the emergency room vet she's like this is number 36 i've been puked on at least half these times you haven't been puked on once i'm like i i'm sorry yeah (laughs) I, I, again, I hate to do it. I agree with you is I'd rather change the diapers. I'm a seasoned pro at this point, even if they are like, they smell, you know, you know, the ones that are going to be bad. Oh yeah. I got this. All right. Question number two. And this one is so tough and I don't, man, I don't know if I can, if I can do this one. Okay. Would you rather, so option number one, 
Walter Payton scoring a touchdown in Super Bowl 20, but they lose, which, and we both know, like, if you read anything from Walter, like that was like the one stain on his career that he wanted more than anything else was to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Or second option is Devin Hester doesn't return the opening kick for a TD, but they do win that Super Bowl 41. 1000% Hester doesn't score on the opening kickoff and they win. I know that eight at Walter Payton, not scoring that touchdown and it ate at us fans too, not seeing him score that touchdown. But if you got him in a room and, and gave him that scenario, he's, he was a team guy and there's no chance he would take that Super Bowl victory off the board uh, just to score a touchdown. And, uh, and I wish I could have seen another Super Bowl uh, victory in my lifetime. I hope we get to see another one. So I would have, I would easily have taken a second Super Bowl victory in my lifetime um, at the expense of Hester's touchdown. I love the 1985 bears, but I don't ever want to hear about them again. And if the 2006 team had won it, two things insane would have happened. Number one, we wouldn't be hearing about the 85 bears very much anymore. And Rex Grossman would have been a super bowl winning quarterback. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? (laughs) Oh, I don't even think he can imagine it. There's no no way. No, I've already told my Rex Grossman story. And so we'll, we'll move on. But dude, I just, I can't imagine what that would be like. All right, a uh, good friend from the Irish Bear Show, Ant uh, Anthony from the so Cork City Bears fan. He's got two questions for us, and this one let's let's man shells. I'm I'm kind of disappointed we haven't argued about anything, and I think yet again we're probably going to agree with this one. So, which O line is better, the 2022 version or the 2021 version? And tell us why. I think this year's version is going to be. A lot better, actually. And I think that may be where we disagree. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a marginal difference. I think they're going to be significantly better. And I've said for a while, even before um, the, the additional signings, well, not the Patrick signing, but after the Schofield and the Reef signing and the thing with Jenkins worked out and Braxton Jones looked like he's kind of, uh, you know, a legitimate starter. So even before all that, I thought they were going to be better just because of the scheme, I thought it was going to help them tremendously. The fact that they were going to have a fullback, the, th- the fact that they were going to, you know, block with an extra tight end, um, all these things that that was coaching malpractice last year for Nagy that he didn't do, I think Iberflus is going to do. So I thought they were going to be better regardless. And I think they've got a talent upgrade. I think they've got better depth this year. Borm's in his second year. Jenkins is, is in his second year. I think having a competent center in Lucas Patrick over whatever the hell we had last year um, <laughs> is just going to be, it's going to be huge. I mean, that is the most important position on the offensive line next to your left tackle. And, and maybe just because of how much responsibility the center has, maybe it's the most important from that standpoint. Um, so having somebody, having an adult at that position this year is going to be huge. So, okay, finally, we do disagree a little bit. Um, I do think it's it's a lot closer than that, simply because Jason Peters played really pretty well uh, at that left tackle spot and putting a fifth round rookie who has shown a lot of promise. I, I give a lot of credit to Braxton Jones, but he's not Jason Peters. Maybe he will be at some point in his career. He'll be that good, but he's not there now. I mean, just the fact that the, the Cowboys are signing him, right. Says a lot. I also think James Daniels has not played well for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he played pretty darn well for the Chicago bears last season. I know he didn't stick up for Justin Fields when he should have and him kind of reining in Tevin Jenkins 
was kind of a bad look. And we think it might be one of the reasons why Paul said, all right, we'll see you later. But I, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know that they're going to be that much better. I think potential wise, I agree with you wholeheartedly. This group has the potential of being significantly better, but I don't think week one, we're looking at a significantly better offensive line. Listen, I'm not as cool as Jack, Wright, But I'm going to steal <laughs> one of his lines. Uh, James Daniels was so mid. Did I use that right? Kids like for the younger crowd did I use that Jack, did I use that correctly? Um, I Daniels was just a non for me. I mean, I like losing him doesn't, uh, sway me one way or the other. He was just kind of there. Um, I, I don't know. I think, I think that's, I think they've upgraded over Daniels and, um, Jenkins and Borum with another year under their belt. I mean, that's, that's going to be huge. And you've got white hair now at the left guard position to help out Jones. Um, who's more athletic than Peters who, who, you know, uh, by all accounts is held up pretty well against Robert Quinn in, uh, in camp. So I don't know, you know, maybe he, uh, maybe he surprises us and, and holds his own this year against the top pass rushers. Well, I, I get that, but Lucas Patrick was a backup and he's been injured for a really long time. There, there's some, some rust that needs to get knocked off there, you know, coming up against Bosa in this first, like, Ooh, man, I just, they couldn't have a worse test right out of the gates. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons why I picked the bears to lose this week. I mean, I, I, I want them to surprise me, but I, man, I just don't know if I see it happening. All right. Second question from Ant, which I really, really like this one. If you could take one player outside of quarterback, so which I don't think either one of us are going to take a quarter. I mean, I don't want Aaron Rodgers on the Chicago Bears. You could take one other one from one of our other division rivals. Who would you pick? So it's it's just one player, not one, one player each team. Yeah, yes, correct. Uh, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I don't, I know. Yeah, I know that, that. Yeah. That's it was low hanging. Yeah. That, that's that, too easy. that was uh it was going to get tougher if we had to go to other teams. Um, and I was almost going to pick Dan Campbell just cause I think it, he would be high comedy for 17 games, but uh, no, I, I would have to be Justin, Jeff, Justin Jefferson. Right. I mean, like that's the only can you imagine him on this team, uh, him and Justin Fields. Wow. That would be so much fun to watch. Yeah. Justin Jefferson was, so I had the second overall pick in one of my leagues and it was CMC or, or Justin Jefferson. And I went Jefferson because every time I pick up McCaffrey, he ends up on IR. So I just, I said, no, I'm going to try Justin Jefferson. So hopefully that one pans out well for me. Peter Shaw, uh, JP Shaw 78. Uh, Peter, this is a phenomenal question and one that I've been kind of thinking about a lot. What is the best season the Bears can have without losing Getsy to a head coaching job? I don't know. I think, I don't think they're at risk of losing him this year, regardless of the record. I just don't think of, you know, well, I shouldn't say that because we got duped with Nagy, <laughs> but I, I just don't see I don't see them doing enough this season to risk losing Getzy. I think best case scenario for them is probably nine games, and I don't see him going somewhere after a nine win season. Uh, but I think that would be best case scenario is the Bears win nine games. Maybe they sneak into the playoffs, which would be um, just a tremendous lift for that team to get that experience, to get that confidence. Um, and for Justin Fields to get some playoff experience under his belt. But uh, I, I just don't see a scenario unfolding this year where we're, we're talking about losing Getsy next year. What do you think? 
I, I, I would agree with you. I think this season really can't change. Even if they, again, if we see the first half Cleveland offense where they're scoring, I don't know, like 30 ish points a game, which no bears team has ever done that before. Then yes, you do have to worry to an extent because it's not just, Hey, the bears offense is, is competent. It's, the Chicago bears offense is competent and it has never been competent. And so, you know, you, you would look at Luke Getzi as, Hey, if dude can turn the Chicago bears around, he can turn anyone around. But I also do wonder just a little bit, like, do you want to see him be able to repeat it? You know, just be, I don't, I know. I don't want to get nagged again. You know, I don't want a 2018 followed by just awful blech years after that. Yeah, I think we're smarter this this time around though. Like if you if you truly dug deeper into the numbers under Nagy's uh 2018 season, I, I think it would have told a different story. I think we were so desperate for competent offense that we ignored the short fields, we ignored the historical turnovers on defense, we ignored um, you know, the smoke and mirrors and bells and whistles and all the trick plays and stuff, and we just went, Oh, this is great. Um, but if you really dug beneath the surface, you would see like that really wasn't a very good <laughs> offense. Um, I, I get a lot of heat for that. Like, cause people want to talk about how good Trubisky was that year, but I'm like, if you peel back the layers, it's, it wasn't a great season offensively. It really wasn't. Were you surprised to see him named as a team captain for the Pittsburgh Steelers? No, no, I wasn't. Um, he's a great dude. He's a good, he's a good guy. He's a good locker room guy. I'm sure with a few more years under his belt now, he's probably a, a leader in the locker room um, and he's their starting quarterback. So it makes sense to make him a captain. Uh, I would not be surprised if he's not starting in six or seven weeks. I could see them making a change to Kenny Pickett just because I, you know what I think about Mitch. Um, but no, I mean, as a, as a leader of the team, he's, he's great. Like no complaints there. All three of their quarterbacks, Mason Rudolph included, had really pretty good preseason, but Mitch played well. And you know what? The thing is, I, I know I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Mitch, but I just I know some of the things that you've talked about so much about Justin Fields having an offensive system that fits his skill set. I think they did that in, in Buffalo and I think they're going to do that in Pittsburgh, right? Which, you know, is a lot of the same things, cut the field in half, you know, just don't let Mitch throw deep because he's really, really bad at it. And I will yeah. fully admit he, he can't throw the deep ball, but if you keep it inside the 20 yard line, like I think you can win a lot of games with Mitch and that amazing Pittsburgh roster. Well, I know, I know it was a very, very, very small sample size, but his regular season numbers in Buffalo, like the one time he got in, well, we're very good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see regular season Mitch play like preseason Mitch before I, I say like, it's the system. Absolutely. There, there's not a lot of players that leave Chicago that I say, like, I don't want you to do well. Like, you know, I, we were talking a little bit about Robbie Gold. Like I always cheer for Robbie Gold to yeah. do well except when he's playing the bears. So I won't right. cheer for him week one, but the rest of the season, I'm a Robbie gold fan and I'm a Mitch fan. You know, I want Mitch to play well. I don't want, you know, the dude to, to be out on his butt and not make it a paycheck. You know, he's a new dad too. So, you know, I, I don't know. I hope, I hope he plays well, but he's not the bears quarterback anymore. So let's move on. All right. Our good buddy, Bert, who won the Chicago bears, uh, Justin Fields, 
jersey and I got to deliver it to him. And I'll, I'll share a little bit about that at the end of the episode. Uh, he wants to know, who do you think will be healthy from the wide receivers that hasn't been playing this preseason? And, you know, the one that that stood out to me, I'm, I'm stealing the, the first response here, Shells, is Tajay Sharp is, is, is apparently already running routes. And, you know, I don't think he's going to have 10 catches a game. But if he comes out there for one or, you know, two plays and maybe gets a catch or two, I'd be really happy with that considering how good he looked in the preseason. I don't know if I want to answer this question because Bert showed no sympathy for me getting palm <laughs> olive in my eye. In fact, he showed the opposite of sympathy or empathy uh, or, or any of that. So Bert, I don't know if I want to answer your question, but I will because I'm a magnanimous guy. And uh, I think, I, I think I'll, I'm going to say Velas Jones. I, I, I just, you know, I know he hasn't uh, played a whole lot this preseason. He's been injured. We haven't seen a lot, but what we have seen, we've seen some, some glimpses of electricity like that, that kickoff return. Um, he's, I mean, he's got it. He's got that extra gear. If they can find a way. And I know we heard this under Nagy. He wanted to get the ball in the hands of his playmakers, but I think this offensive scheme is really about getting folks um, opportunities to run after the catch. And I think he could be, he could be dynamite in that role. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting him back on the field and seeing what he can do. It's the Debo Samuel effect. I I, I agree with you. I think he's not going to be your primary receiver, but I think that if you set up a couple plays for him, you know, maybe a defense goes to sleep just a little bit. They're not expecting when 12 gets out there, how freaking fast that kid is. That one will be fun. Good friend of the pod, Jonathan, a hand, does a week one win change your perception in regards to how you view this regime and their rebuilding process or not really this early? This may be where we disagree. Uh, Let's go, Jonathan. Yeah. I, so I, I think it, I don't think it's going to change my opinion on the regime because you know how I feel about the regime. Um, I'm, I'm buying the regime, but I think it would change my outlook on the season. And I th- and I do think that they've got a legit shot of beating the 49ers. I know how good the rest of the roster is, but Trey Lance, I, I don't think is very good. Um, can the Bears stop the run? I, that I don't know. That I think is a big, big question on that defense. Uh, but if they don't have to worry about the pass, then they can kind of key on the run. And wh- what do they got? You know, if Trey Lance can't make plays, if he's not who they think he is and the reports that are, have been coming out the last week or two are that he's not looking all that great, um, I think they could sneak one out. And then that, yes, that would change my outlook on the season. And I think that would do wonders for this team's confidence rolling into, you know, a couple of winnable games after the Packers game. They've got they've got a, a soft part of their schedule. I mean, could they come out of there? What, four and one? Um, imagine like if they beat San Francisco and, you know, lose to green Bay. Right. But then they've got those three soft games. I think after that, if I'm remembering correctly, can you imagine if this team was four and one after five games? No, no, I can't. I, I just don't see it. I, I think that it would be more of an indictment of that. San Francisco is into more of a rebuild than we thought, even though like that roster to me, aside from quarterback looks like a playoff ready team. I just think if he gets the, the ball into the hands of Debo Samuel um, and he just hands off the ball, I just, that San Francisco is 
they could they could run it 40 times a game and be happy to win it. Shanahan just seems to to know how to get the best out of certain players. And dude, I agree. Like Trey Lance looks, he looks like a bust right now. Like not, you know, I, I don't know what he's going to turn into, but just you sent the video of him throwing that wounded duck. And it was like, was that Tim Tebow yeah. throwing that foot? It was just, it was bad. It was really, but really bad. That's the thing. He may be by week 15, we may be like, holy cow, this guy's phenomenal. But at least out of the gate, I'm not expecting good things. And it's about when you play these teams, not just who you play. They could, they could sneak out a win here at home. Um, and then, like I said, they got the Packers, Texans, Giants, and the Vikings, I think will be a tough game. But, um, you know, I don't know. Confidence would do wonders for this young team. And if they could steal one against the 49ers who were favored by seven in their home building, um, I think that would just do a lot for this team. Anything to shut up some of the national media, the Annie Agars of, of the, the internet, like, just, Oh, don't just, call her me. She's not national media. She, what is she? She's just, like a caricature of herself. I just, I cannot stand her. And I just, yeah. I have her muted, but somehow, some way it permeates through like other people yes. post it. And I just America stop enough. Annie Agar. <laughs> Can we just, it's, it the wasn't bit- funny eight months ago and it's not funny now. It's I thought just, I thought the shtick the first time I saw it was funny, but then I was like the next time it was like, wait, this is the yeah. exact same thing yeah. as the last time, and then just repeat it. And I don't want to I don't want to keep ragging on somebody, but I am not a fan. All right, now Paul, I'm really sorry. I'm going to try as hard as I can to pronounce your last name. So so stay with me here, Paul Chiligiris. I'm going to I'm. Chiligiris. That's, that's my guess. Say confidently. confidently. Yeah. Chiligiris. I'm I'm going with that one. So do you think the bears are rushing Braxton Jones and can he be, and can he, excuse me, hold his own against Bosa? Great question. Um, I don't think they're rushing him. I think this, and I think it was a cause of frustration for a lot of bears fans because they wanted answers right away and they wanted to know who the offensive line was. But I think this staff has been true to themselves and honest about playing the best five and giving these guys opportunities to win or lose um, the position battles. And I think the more he showed, the more confident this staff got in him. And I don't think they'd put him out there uh, at the left tackle position, protecting Justin Fields, if they didn't think he was capable of doing so. So no, I don't think they're rushing him. I think they've got other options, more veteran uh, savvy, safe options, if you will, if they really wanted to. Um, they could throw reef out there and they're not doing it. And that would be the safe bet, right? Like everybody would, nobody would bat an eye and go, Oh, okay. You're starting him over a, a fifth round rookie makes sense. So no, I don't think they're rushing him. I think they really believe he's ready, but I don't think he's ready to go one-on-one with Bosa, but going back to what I said, I don't think this staff is going to make him that's that Nagy would have. I don't think this staff leaves him on an Island against Bosa for, you know, four quarters. I, I hate to be the ex that talks about their ex, but like, I hate Matt Nagy for the Cleveland game. Like, what yeah. were you thinking? And how half time through halftime, you didn't decide maybe we should put in an extra tight end. And that's real. 
and that's real, right? Like, like what, like what are you doing? You literally just put Justin Field like as a sacrificial lamb out there, and I and I agree with you. I, I again, I wanted the Bears to hire Brian Dable. Like that was that was the guy that I really, really, really wanted, and I didn't get it. I got Matt Eberflus. I still think I stand by my stance that they didn't hire the right right coach. But I want to see I want to see things play out, and I want to see it play out for more than one season. But I just, you know, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to put him out on an island. I think they realize that they have a fifth round uh, rookie that played for a pretty bad college football team uh, at one of the most, the the most important position on the offensive line. But I think they're going to give him a lot of help. And I think that should hopefully turn into something, you know, and every, you know, I didn't want him to be the guy but it just seems like everyone that saw him play was giving him praise left and right, left and right. And so we'll see, maybe, maybe the bears got somebody in the fifth round that should have been there in the first Can or the you second. Imagine if they found their starting franchise left tackle in the fifth round. Dude. Okay. Let, let, let's play. Let's let's play meatball for a second. I'm going to switch on to the bears <laughs> X just, just because right No, I'm not going to do that. Cause just no one wants to hear that for the entire thing, but let's play meatball for a second. If they have their left tackle, if they have their quarterback, if they have one of their number one receivers, right. in Darnell Mooney, let's say Cole Komet, who's not your favorite player in the world, but let's say he's a consistent 600, 700 yard guy. Damn that. Those are some really good building blocks for when they've got all this cap space coming through next time around, you know, next, next season. Yeah. Listen, can I beta test a fantasy football name real quick? Ooh. Ooh, let's do this. Comet the frog. What do we think? No. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. Is that I'm, too dad? No, joke? no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the fields of dreams right now. So <laughs> okay. in, in both my leagues. So I yeah. like it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last question. This, this has been awesome. Can we just like, just talk about how amazing our listeners are and just the people that interact with us on Twitter. Thank you. Absolutely. These questions have been great. I really enjoy the listener question episodes because we've got really, really smart and savvy listeners and they always come up with great questions. So thank you to everybody who submitted some questions. We really appreciate it. Yes. So, so much. So Levi, TJ, Ant, Peter, Bert, Jonathan, Paul, and now Scott, thank you so, so very much for your questions. They were so good. I love this because you can tell by this question that Scott is a listener of the pod, knowing that you and I disagree and very much what we were just talking about. In all seriousness, let's each of you be a contrarian. Shells, What's something you think that Poles and or Flus have messed up or gotten wrong and Dangle something you feel they've done really well or have done better than you could have hoped or anticipated? Yeah, this is a really good question, Scott. And I, and I, I hate you for making me <laughs> give Ryan some kind of talking point. Cause you know, in like six episodes, he's going to throw it back in my face and go, Oh, remember when you said <laughs> Poles was this You're- and it was a doofus and, you yeah. are. Yep. I'm, I remember <laughs> everything. I can, he's taking notes. You can't even see him, but he's taking notes right now. With an, a very small pencil. A very small, the Bukowski number two. <laughs> um, so, you know what? I, I think he could have been, polls could have been a little bit more forthcoming in talking about the rebuild. And I get why he didn't. Um, and at the end of the day, I don't think it matters other than, you know, fans would feel better if they knew kind of where this is going. Um, but if he had, if he had been a little bit more forthcoming and Hey, this is why I'm taking, 
the approach that I am this off season. Uh, it's not about my disbelief in Justin Fields as a franchise quarterback. This really is I, <laughs> daddy pace left me a mess and I'm trying to clean it up. Um, if he was a little bit more forthright and transparent in terms of that, I think, I think we all would have felt a little bit better, but at the end of the day, like it's not about how we feel. It's about building a roster and building a team. And and he did it the way he thought was the right way. And so um, I'm not going to fault him for that. The only other thing that I, I, I would like a little bit more information on, and maybe we get some is what happened with Sue Campbell. Like I still have no idea uh, what went down there. I know we, they had some players arrested in the off season, some, some misconduct related stuff. Did that have a part in it? Did he feel like, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that, um, you know, soup should have had uh, under control. I don't know, but I would, I would kind of like to know what happened on that front. Um, that was sort of an odd, oddly handled situation, I'd say. Um, but I mean, other than that, like I, you know, we're still in the honeymoon phase. I give them a lot of grace in handling what I think was a complete dumpster fire that they inherited. And so, um, you know me, man. I I'm I like this regime. I think that with each passing week, they're getting more comfortable. They're getting their footing, and um, I'm I've been impressed with their offseason for for a brand new pair GM and head coach first time doing this thing. I think they've been very impressive. You know, I do paces last two drafts. You have to give credit where credit is due. He couldn't manage a contract to save his life no. and put Ryan Poles in a terrible position. You know, I I, I want to be critical first, and then I promise I will give all credit where credit is due. I still don't think they've done enough at the wide receiver position to give Justin Fields enough weapons. You know, these other guys, they might pan out, but they've been injured, so we, we can't really see. I think he needed to do more in that regard. But there's, I'm going to give compliments all across the board. Ian Cunningham having an assistant GM seems to be pay, paying early dividends, and so I, I give him credit for that. Polls has been accessible in a way that Ryan Pace never was. Ryan Pace talked twice a year and just talked in platitudes and nothingness. And Ryan Poles, I, I think he, he he does have to keep his his cards close to his chest, you know, because it's it's an NFL position. But I think he's been as forthright as he can be to fans at this stage of, of the game um and you know we'll, we'll see how that pans out but I, but I, I i don't think i was mad about the the ryan poles pick i was i was upset with with the matt eberflus decision i wanted an offensive scheme it is a 21st century and i may get that with luke getzi so you know i i will say i have to give eberflus credit for getting getzi luke getzi as offensive coordinator, that that's a huge get. And it seems to be a competent thing. I would also say that Matt Eberflus, again, I will say, I said this a little bit earlier. I, I think he, he's, he's seemingly as competent way should be competent. That whole, like not challenging thing still makes me a little bit nervous, but I, I guess I feel like if Matt Nagy was running the ship that all these people saying that the bears are going to be the worst team in the NFL, I'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. But, but I think there'll be competent enough coaching that we won't be the worst because the Seahawks exist, the Giants exist, the Jets exist, and the Texans exist. And so I think if we're at least better than those guys, then we're going to be doing fine for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, Nagy was still making those challenge mistakes in year four. It's preseason, one of his first games. You know, I, I, I think um, going back to polls, 
his honesty with the Jenkins situation. If you listen to the, the Hogan Johns podcast, just saying, yeah, I, <clears throat> I could have been a better communicator. I could have communicated better with Tevin. Like that is just so refreshing for him to be that honest. And I would just say like, as you're evaluating him, not you specifically, but just fans in general, think about you taking over a, a job for the very first time. And it's this high profile position where every move you make and every word you utter is dissected a thousand different ways on a thousand different podcasts. And you're running a four, five, six billion dollar franchise for the very first time. And you are faced with a Tevin Jenkins situation and a Roquan Smith situation. And by all accounts, he handled them both flawlessly. In my opinion, the way um, he came out of those uh, very two difficult situations, I thought was incredibly impressive for a first time GM. So, um, you know, just they're going to have some growing pains. And, and so just kind of understand that, like we're going to see some first year head coaching moments where you're like, yeah, that's a first year head coach, but um, he's gotten the players to buy in this, you know, the overreaction to the hits principle and to the, the meatball coaching stuff, I think was just that it was an overreaction. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't need us anymore. You guys know I'm, I'm high on this staff and I'm really optimistic. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I've said this before and I want to say it one more time. I am not going to judge Eberflus and polls at the end of this season. Even if they get us to a Super Bowl, well, okay, maybe a little bit different there, but <laughs> but let's let's say they make it to the playoffs. I will be very excited, but I'm still going to be cautious about this because I am a Bears fan. Because I remember the hype around Trespin. I remember the hype around John Fox. I remember, you know, Lovey Smith uh, getting Mike Martz and you know all all these different things that have come and just failed. And the the latest one being Matt Nagy. As I remember, I, I put a Facebook post, a Facebook post that said this dude is Tressman 2.0. And all my friends were like, give him a chance, give him a chance. And at 18, I was like, I think I was wrong, but I wasn't. I wasn't wrong. And in this one, you know what? I I hope to be proven wrong about Matt Eberflus. I hope that he is the guy but i am reserving true judgment for at least two seasons you got to see what these guys can do you know it's the roster turnover is insane you know the youth movement i again that's another thing with polls these guys are young and you know what they very inexperienced when you've got some money to spend now you're going to have a look at the bottom of this roster going hey maybe you're not a starter but as a special teamer you're going to be a stud we'll see all right, Shells, this was so much fun, dude. I, I miss the other guys immensely, but it was, dude, this, I really enjoyed this, man. I hope you did too. I did. I want to apologize to the listeners, though. I feel like we did a little bait and switch. Um, we promised you like a lot of arguing and debating. <laughs> and I think we all just got in, like a drum circle and sang Kumbaya and agreed on everything. Damn it. About. Okay. Uh, Sweet potato okay. pie sucks, Dangle. Let's go. Seinfeld is really overrated. It's just not funny. That is, I, I don't even, that's worse than your sweet potato pie take. Seinfeld is the greatest show of the last 40 years. It's just not funny. It's just not. I mean, there's a couple episodes where I maybe chuckle, but it like, for the most part, you're just like, okay, that was, that was moderately entertaining at best. Oh, man. I'm so disappointed. I'm, where, where was this the beginning of the show? We could have argued about that for the last hour. <laughs> yeah so folks i'm sorry we didn't argue enough but i'm sure just wait out for the season i'm stoked about this shells we've got a pre-game pod coming uh logan is gonna be walking through some of the the fantasy advice um you know so probably echoing some of the things that will said he's also going to be giving betting advice 
because he legitimately does that for a living as part of his full-time job. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to be kind of cycling in through the, the pregame pods, but Logan is not going to be able to make most of our postgame pods because he's, you know, working. Um, but the rest of us, like, we've got some good stuff coming this way this season. I can't wait. I'm really excited. Um, Logan is a blast to talk to. I can't wait to hear him talk about something he loves and is passionate about. Uh, and so look forward to that and you should too. Um, and I, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I thought this was a lot of fun and, uh, we're going to welcome the guys back next week, but feel free to slide into our DMS and tell us this was your favorite episode by far, uh, because it would be, it would please Ryan and I to be able to throw that back in our co-host face and say, see guys, we're not that bad, are we? <laughs> Yeah, look what we did without Shigru and Jack Wright's silky, <laughs> sexy voice, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm so jealous of that voice. God dang it, he's got a good voice, doesn't he? He really, really, really does. All right, Shells, so no Jack's question. We got, we had enough questions to answer, so let's get after shout-outs. Shout-outs that we got for this week. Yeah, um, I want to shout-out somebody who's been following the pod uh, for a while and, and is a loyal listener, and uh, we appreciate all the support. So Andrew Davies, thank you so much. He's at Andrew JD 84. Um, I think he is over there in Australia. And so uh, we appreciate our international listeners. Uh, but this one in particular, we really do appreciate all your support, Andrew. So thank you so much. That is my uh, one and only shout out for today. Um, and I want to make sure I wanted to shout him out last week. Uh, and I know we, we didn't get to shout outs. Um, and so I wanted to just uh, shout him out and thank him. Thank him for all his support. So my shout out from last week, uh, same thing, just because our focus was and should have been on Jack and Jack's family uh, was Manti Teow. He's never going to listen to this pod, but if for some reason you haven't watched that documentary, it's, it's a two-parter. I owe him an apology. I laughed at the jokes. I made the jokes. And if you like listen to the voice and you go through all of these things, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I would have fallen for it too. And it just is, it's just an incredible thing. She ruined his career truly ruined his career like he the way he played everything he started doubting himself it's so good so folks on netflix get after it manti teo you have to listen to it and then for this week i have three i try to be quick here shells so stay with me dude uh bert it was so awesome to meet you and to to hand you the jersey just it just made me smile uh really big and uh we were so thrilled that you were able to win and it just it was neat to see that someone was excited about it. it wasn't just like a oh cool there's a jersey like he was he was lit up dude so it was fun so Bert shout out to you buddy thank you very much for listening I think he said he, him and his wife were listening and he didn't realize that he had won until his wife said something so shout out to Bert's wife as well <laughs> thanks for that one Ant from the Irish Bear show you need one your family needs one that's all I'm gonna say nobody else needs to know why but you need some love and a shout out so I'm saying it out to you and the last one goes to Brendan Shagru. uh he showed up to Jack's dad's uh, wake which you know the other guys you know shells you're on the east coast logan's on the west coast couldn't do it and you know uh it just he showed up with a small thing of oreos and it made jack and i both laugh in a time when it, it was laughs were not easy to come by and so brendan that was that was just pure class and anyone this is your first episode listening we argue about oreos all the time shells that's another one like we're agreeing we, golden oreo they weren't yeah. golden 
Yeah. Well, you're a very wise and sage man, uh, <laughs> Mr. Dangle. So uh, on that take and that take alone, I should say. <laughs> All right. Well, Sheldon and I had so much fun, but please come on back for the regular season pods. We're going to have so much fun breaking down the Bears games for you. Some things that are coming back. If you're listening to us, you know, for the first time, maybe you haven't heard it, but when we were the Bear Down Report, we had Brendan's breakdowns of the game. They will make you laugh. They are so freaking good. Jack's questions, uh, Logan's bets, uh, my meltdowns. Sheldon's going to put you on his knee at some point and, and, and tell you papa shells advice it's gonna be we're so excited about the regular season shells i can't wait dude i can't wait this is awesome i i i really think we're gonna have some good stuff to talk about this year the record may not be exactly what everybody wants but we are gonna have some optimism uh permeating throughout this podcast this year so uh i look forward to it please stay with us if you're a loyal listener if you are a new listener welcome and uh we think you're gonna really enjoy what we got planned for this season for all of us, the Bear Down Chicago podcast, thank you so much for listening. We know you can get your Bears content anywhere, and you've chosen to listen to this podcast. It does not get lost on us. For Brennan Chagru, Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, and Patrick Sheldon, and myself, I'm Ryan Dangle. Thank you so much for listening, folks. And as always, Bear Down Chicago. Chicago.